This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. Rail cars filled with slag from the former Asarco East Helena smelter could begin rolling next week, headed to British Columbia and then South Korea. The Montana Environmental Trust Group is overseeing the effort to clean up the Superfund site. Cindy Brooks, the managing principal of the trust group, says that plans are to remove 2 million tons from the site and reduce the height of the slag pile by 50%, leaving it 50 feet tall. The 2 million tons represent the most contaminated portion of the slag pile. The slag will be crushed to 2 inches in size, placed on conveyor belts, then loaded onto trains. Seventy rail cars are expected to roll next week to Vancouver, British Columbia, and then ship to South Korea. Officials said earlier the plan is to crush 400,000 tons of slag a year until 2025. It will go to Korea Zinc Company Limited, the largest zinc smelting facility in the world. Once the smelting has been completed and more zinc has been recovered from the slag, The leftover inert material will go into cement manufacturing. Brooks said a quarter-mile-long conveyor system has been installed that stretches from the slag pile to a new rail spur track that was installed by Montana Rail Link. The empty train cars are parked there. Some history now. The East Helena lead smelter operated from 1888 to 2001. At its peak, it processed 70,000 tons of lead bullion a year and provided a livelihood for thousands. The smelter closed in 2001, and after declaring bankruptcy, Asarco placed $96 million in a trust that's managed by the Montana Environmental Trust Group. Contamination, including arsenic and selenium, in soil at the site, has caused groundwater plumes and levels above safe drinking water standards. Officials say the groundwater selenium concentration has decreased 50% on the plant site and 35% downgradient, or in the direction of the flow, in the aquifer. They say the selenium plume has receded 2,000 feet and the plume area has been reduced by more than 40%. Because of various remediation efforts, arsenic concentrations have decreased 55% at the plant site and 10% off-site. Monitoring will continue for 30 years to review the various corrective measures. State lawmakers on Monday approved reworked cannabis rules proposed by the Montana Department of Revenue. Senator Shane Morigo, the Democrat from Missoula, and Senator Jason Ellsworth, the Republican from Hamilton, took the lead in coordinating with the Department of Revenue's Cannabis Control Division to revise the rules. Morgo thanked the department for being so amenable to changes so close to the January 1st start date for recreational cannabis sales. According to the rules, Native American tribes will be able to obtain higher-capacity licenses. House Bill 701, the legalization framework lawmakers passed earlier this year, granted each tribal government a Tier 1 license 
That's the smallest capacity at a thousand square feet of indoor cultivation, but made no mention of whether the tribes would be able to upscale their operations. The highest tier made available in the law is tier 12, which allows 50,000 square feet of cultivation space. Lawmakers on Monday also eliminated a proposed rule to allow providers to label their products as cannabis. Senator Ellsworth said last week that while cannabis may be the scientific term, children may not recognize the term and might not be deterred from consuming the product. The department had initially been willing to allow providers to use cannabis in labeling products because some providers felt marijuana is a pejorative term. Eight marijuana providers have sued the city of Bozeman, hoping to reinstate a 20-storefront cap within the city limits recently repealed by the city commission. Providers argue removing the cap dilutes the value of their facilities. Gallatin County District Court Judge John Brown heard arguments on the case on December 7th. He has yet to issue a ruling whether to put a halt on the ordinance repealing the cap. Gallatin County passed recreational cannabis by 66% in the 2020 election, nearly 10 points higher than voters statewide. Workers at the Montana State Prison have resumed making license plates after a shipment of aluminum last week, according to the Department of Corrections. The 40,000-pound shipment provides the prison's license plate shop with enough aluminum to get it through February or possibly even March. That's according to Gail Butler, the administrator of the Montana Correctional Enterprises. The license plate shop produces about 750,000 plates a year, according to the Department of Corrections. When the shop ran out of aluminum in late October due to supply chain problems caused by the pandemic, MCE printed temporary license plates on reflective sheeting but without the aluminum backing. About 1,200 people who receive the temporary plates should expect to receive aluminum plates within the next four months, according to Lori Bakri, the administrator of the state's motor vehicle division. Chronic wasting disease has been detected in a hunting district near Livingston for the first time. A white-tailed deer that was killed by a hunter in District 317 tested positive for the infectious disease. It's 100% fatal in deer, moose, and elk. The doe was killed northeast of Livingston near the junction of U.S. Highway 89 and Interstate 90, according to Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Most of HD 317 extends southeast of Livingston into the Paradise Valley and the Beartooth Mountains. CWD was first detected in Montana's wild herds in 2017. It has since spread through most of the state. The disease is known to exist in the Paradise, Gallatin, and Ruby Valleys, according to wildlife managers. There are no reported cases of the disease spreading to humans, but the Centers for Disease Control advises people against eating CWD-positive meat. The CDC recommends that hunters test their game for CWD if animals are harvested in areas where the disease is known to exist. 
Staff from the department plan to test samples of deer further to confirm the presence of the contagious neurological disease. In a new study, researchers at the University of Montana's Flathead Lake Biological Station discovered that warming trends may offer one silver lining to climate change, if only for a while. The retreat of glaciers in the Pacific Mountains of Western North America could potentially produce more than 6,000 kilometers of new Pacific salmon habitat by the year 2100. That's more than 3,700 miles. For decades, climate change has had detrimental impacts on Pacific salmon. Spawning streams are overheating, and droughts are drying up salmon habitats entirely impacting many food webs from the Rocky Mountains and coast ranges to the Pacific Ocean. The study was led by Simon Fraser University and recently published in Nature Communications. Montana's Glacier National Park will implement a timed ticketing entry system again next summer from Memorial Day weekend through the weekend after Labor Day to manage traffic on the scenic going to the Sun Road. Park officials announced that on Monday. The park first used a ticketed entry system this past summer to spread out traffic on the highway. One ticket per vehicle will be required to travel on glaciers going to the Sun Road from the west entrance and the new Camas entrance from May 27th through September 11th. Tickets won't be required at the St. Mary entrance on the east side of the park until Sun Road is fully open that's normally in late June. The 2022 entry tickets will be valid for three days, rather than seven as they were this past year, and may allow for more tickets to be sold, according to park spokesperson Gina Kurzman. Park officials expect to have about 4,600 vehicles a day on the going to the Sun Road, and the ticketing will spread that out. There will be hours outside park operating times where entry tickets will not be required, but those times have not yet been set, Kersman said. Last year, more than 3 million people visited. Tickets will not be required at other eastern entrances, including Two Medicine and Many Glacier, but entry will be restricted when those areas reach capacity. People are encouraged to plan their visit outside of peak hours, that's between 10 a.m., and 2 p.m. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide with listeners in 46 U.S. states and Canadian provinces in 24 countries on six continents. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH, 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, and ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.